0: So Father's Day is Sunday, right behind that 4th of July. We're just a couple weeks away, which means this is peak grilling season. And as you're getting the grill ready, you want to make sure you have the best possible steaks, burgers, chicken, sausage. You want to be ready with food that will impress and delight your friends, family, colleagues, interested passers-by. Happy to meet you. Happy to meet letteru.com. Is your hookup? They, at four o'clock in the morning, long before most of us are awake or before some of us actually go to bed for the night, at four o'clock in the morning, they are hand cutting meat and then they're vacuum packing it and shipping it out same day. This is as fresh as it gets. It goes right to your house. I've had listeners use Happy to Meet You before and they all agree it is better than anything they'd ever find at a grocery store. And now, if you use my promo code, JVO. You get 10% off your order, which is awesome. And it's that, that right there, that's worth it. I, I need to read off this sheet of paper because there's so much that is included with the 10% off. You also get three unique steakhouse seasoning blends for whatever kind of meat you're going to throw on your grill. Also, the official Happy to Meet You Carnivore Companion cooking guide. It's like a cookbook. You get thrown in with your order, with the three seasoning packs, with your 10% off. Happy to Meet You, letter U. Dot com. You've seen them on QVC. I mean, come on. You've seen them on QVC. Bring home that taste, that spectacular taste, the kind that you'd have to go to a fancy restaurant, a Chicago steakhouse to get. You can have it delivered to your home. Make sure that your grilling season is on point. HappyToMeetYou.com. JVO is the promo code to take 10% off and get all that other stuff. And in supporting Happy to Meet You, you're going to make your grill season awesome. And you're going to support the people who support Carcon Carne. Thank you. It's Carcon Carne. guess we're in skokie look how pretty that is i never think it i feel like it It looks like we're on like a north shore golf course here but no we're right off the uh the swift tracks (laughs) in skokie (laughs) on main street at sketchbook brewing company i'm james van osdell joined by members of boom hank to my right it is stump to my left it is chris uh i think the last time i interviewed you was probably 28 years ago so what's new
1: it really has been like 28 years, hasn't it? It probably has been. Well, you know, it's it's really interesting the the whole boom Hank lifespan. We've we never broke up. It was just careers, wives,
0: life children. getting in the way.
1: Yeah, kind of took over, and we tried getting together as much as we could and messing around. We did a, um, some punk cover bands back in the day and would play a friend's hot dog stand and do that for the summers and you know it's just fun which was ultimately what boom hank was all about you know in the late 80s we weren't thinking about getting signed by any major labels or anything you know it was like maybe ken and uh rick at pravda will do something for us but
0: okay i want to talk about those early days too because i don't even think i know much about the early days of boom hank it's worth mentioning that boom hank is kicking off Fest, which is happening at the end of the month. We're, again, we're at Sketchbook Brewing Company in Skokie, Illinois. We're in the easily the most lovely corner of Sketchbook Brewing Company. It is, the wind's blowing. It is it on is a very hot day. day. It's, very it's hot still day. very comfortable and, here. And I
2: also want to mention that this is the furthest north I've ever been on Cicero Avenue. <laughs> we're close to Cicero. I grew up on 103rd in Cicero, so it's quite and a trek up here.
0: You'll notice he said 103rd. Yes. Like, that's that's what Southsiders do. <laughs> that, that That's how you say it
2: exactly (laughs)
0: all right so boom hank kicking off Pravda fest it is boom hank hush drops steve dawson and the josh caterer trio that's happening on friday june 24th saturday june 25th handcuffs diplomats of solid sound the service and the slugs the 24th and 25th of june doors at six shows at seven sketchbook brewing 4901 main street skokie illinois if you hit the yellow yellow line tracks you're pretty much there all right so boom hank You first came into my orbit. I was a rookie radio disc jockey. I was hosting the local music show on Q101 back in the day. I got my copy of Nuisance on Pravda Records, Pravda Fest happening end of the month. I got my copy of Nuisance and it spoke to me. It really was one of those records that was in line, in step with the time. It seemed like it, it hit all the right notes, literally, figuratively. But take me, you you hinted toward the late 80s. I don't think I know the the genesis, the origin story, the boom hank getting bit by a radioactive spider part of the story.
1: Uh, Pretty typical storyline, really. You know, it's like um, a bunch of us were into the underground music scene on the south side, particularly not very popular. And so we just decided to kind of jump into the city scene and um, take off did uh, some EPs here and there, Ken and uh, Rick again, when they had uh, Pravda Records, the actual record store, were always very supportive and would take on the cassettes and sell them. Um, but we just sort of chugged along, didn't really have any high aspirations, and uh, just kept playing this the scene, and uh, again, Ken and Rick were super supportive, as well as uh, the slugs, we uh we sort of forced ourselves, forced our friendship on the Slugs, and um, and they were super supportive. And, um, you know, we just started to, like, grow our orbit, and it was a slow gr- growth for sure. But, um, you know, we just uh, kept hacking away, and then when we decided we thought we were pretty good and thought we could do a full-length record that would be relatively solid and fluid we uh, approached Ken about releasing it for us and he said yeah so it it was a slow churn for sure but um, it like I said we weren't really looking to do anything special we're just having fun and you know the challenge of writing a good rock song was kind
0: of what was uh, the carrot 1995 Ken Pravda puts out nuisance Now, as we'll recall, as historians will point out, that was uh, this interesting, fascinating moment in Chicago music where I'm sure many of your contemporaries, people who you played gigs with, people all around town were aspiring to, and in many cases, succeeding in getting record label deals. We saw it happen time and again. The fascinating thing, I, I mentioned Nuisance. That album to me sounded as good, if not better, than a lot of that stuff. Were you trying to play that game? Were you thinking that Pravda would be a stepping stone to you know, like at the time, a a Columbia or a Interscope or whatever?
1: I think at the back of our heads, we would hope. I mean, the reality is post-Nirvana, it was like, oh, wow, this scene that we're a part of has actually been validated in terms of the public. So I think in the back of our heads, we thought, well, maybe we do have something. So, yeah, you know, we, we, would, we would have hoped that it could have gone someplace. Um, we weren't really super proactive about working those angles too much. Um, I don't know. Um,
2: and, and I think the other thing I'll add to that is that we were, uh, you know, four, four friends who grew up, you know, back in, in the 90s that played together starting in a cover band that turned into an all-original band. And um, we we you know we weren't always like looking at like long term success of what we can do. We just like being around each other and hanging out and you were in the moment. making it was, music. It was you know?
0: existential, exactly. Live for today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you know that first album or the, the new the album Nuisance, produced by Brad Wood, who whose fingerprints run a lot of stuff back then. I I still I mean if you listen to some of the playlists on my phone, I still have those songs. On there, I still have Kindling, I still have Do You Feel Strange, uh, Downpour. Every time it rains, I think of Downpour. <laughs>
2: well, that's good, because we're playing all those songs well, on the
0: 24th. It, you kind of have to, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, the interesting thing, I, I just in my head, I just kind of assumed Boomhank was done. Like, this was kind of a nostalgia thing, coming back to play the, the Pravda Fest. And
1: Yeah, no, the reality is we had started getting back together... Working on original stuff, and we've sort of been doing that over the, the course of years, but um, we uh, had gotten back together and we're like, okay, we're going to do this. This is what we're going to do. We're going to work on new stuff, we're going to put out two or three songs, we'll record maybe four or five, see what works out, put it out, start playing out. Um, certainly not touring like we used to, It's obviously it has to be a different business model sure. than when we're in our 20s. but. Um, and then Ken calls us up, and I'm thinking, yeah, I'm not, I don't want to do that. <laughs> Specifically because we were focused on these new songs. Mm-hmm. And I posed the question to the rest of the band, and without a hesitation, the three other guys were like, hell yeah. Which is really interesting, because relearning all those songs from Nuisance, which most of those songs we haven't touched in 25
2: years.
0: Is it like the cliche of getting back on a bicycle? No. No,
2: no, We've our songs are harder to learn than than other cover songs. Yeah, you know,
1: it, we do a lot of weird. What we call them boom boom stuff. We have these little twists and turns, and I I'm I have a penchant for doing weird triads and trying to figure out those things. We assumed, yeah, muscle memory will kick in at some point, and it's kind of strange how hard it was to figure out our stuff.
0: Suddenly, it became work.
1: It really did. Yeah. And we were panicking. Well, three months ago, we were like, holy shit, this is not
0: going to be easy. So now that you're three months past that, and you're, you're in your groove, you're about to play here, you're about to kick off Provida Fest in two weeks, how does it feel to, to be kind of in sync with one another? It's pretty, it's,
1: you know, I'm not much of a nostalgic individual, but it's been a lot of fun. And we've
2: even, yeah. like, joked about, wow, Whoever wrote these songs, they were pretty good. <laughs> yeah, and the, I think the other thing is that our second record was so different than than Nuisance. You, I think, if you second heard the Ghostfly. Right?
0: Oh yeah, well, you, you kind of went from being like replacements adjacent to Velvet Underground adjacent. You like you, right. you took a turn. Right. A, a lot of that had to do. We we toured so
1: much between '94 and '96 that it just seemed like every to us it seemed like everyone sounded relatively the same. Mm-hmm. You know, it was... You're not wrong. It was very much, you know, two guitars, bass, drum, loud, quiet, loud, you know? And we're like, okay, well, let's try and figure out what to do different and unique and try and find more of our voice or, or take a radical left turn. And um, and then we were working with Brian Deck on that next record and we spent a lot of time and, you know, God bless him, he hung in there with us. Um, and we maybe hit, like, overreached a little bit with the sonic playfulness, but we should, should have muted some things when we were mixing. <laughs> yeah. But it was just so much fun working on that yeah. record and, and then and, and touring the song, on that. And the
2: songs we're, we're working on now m- make sense that they would have been the songs written after Nuisance. So it's almost like we're taking It feels like back, they're kind home. of in between the two yeah. at this point. Yeah.
0: Is it kind of like rebooting Halloween, the John Carpenter franchise, <laughs> where the... Latest <laughs> movies pick up after the first movie and everything else was invalidated? I would say exactly.
1: We're not dead yet.
0: <laughs> you're unkillable. You, are you, kidding? you would think we're, we were dead. <laughs> all right. So that all said, you're rehearsing, you're ready to play Private Fest, writing new music? Getting. Yeah.
1: Actually, I was just telling Ken, our bass player, Clark, tracked out all the new songs that we've been working on bits and pieces and he's like you know basically we have a a two record release coming if we actually do all this of course it's not going to happen but it's it's, a ballsy
0: move for sure (laughs) ken's
1: already warned us not to do that
0: (laughs) (laughs) hi remember us here's our double album exactly it would be ballsy though it would be i mean make a statement yeah people would almost have to buy and or listen to it just because of the sheer audacity of it Duly noted.
2: Yes. Okay, then we're going to do it, James. Yes.
0: See, when I I sat down, I mean, I knew we've had this on the books for a little bit. When I was coming out here, I just thought we'd be talking about the old days. It it didn't even occur to me that we'd be talking about Boom Hank in the future, which I find very exciting. This is a shocking plot twist to this interview for Mm -hmm.
1: me. Well, like I said, we've been together. Like Chris said, we're all guys that grew up in the neighborhood and were friends in that regard and to us it's like getting together and playing music it's kind of like a card night you know it's like let's get yeah, together. Clark
2: and I the bass player started we started in a band uh, freshman year in high school so it's been like I That's mean so different cool. bands and we just kind of hung, hung together. He's my wingman. Well
0: know? let's I, I hate to take things in a, in a depressing or sad turn but let's talk about Joe
2: yeah so
1: joe was definitely sort of a spark plug for the band um he's one of the original guitarists and um he would constantly come up with nutty ideas like doing the punk covers and playing at the hot dog stand and um when we were one of those moments when we were working on new material he was saying yeah i don't feel very well and it turned out that he ended up uh, with stomach cancer
0: oh my god
1: yeah they removed his stomach he was going through treatment doing really well Uh, some scans um, were a little problematic so they were doing some additional treatments and um, right as we're getting into covid he passed away and um, you know obviously uh, really kind of threw us for a loop too. That's really hard. Yeah, and from what we understand, it, it had nothing to do with COVID. It was all cancer-related. Yeah, so. I mean, that's
0: that's a horrible, insidious illness.
1: N- yeah, and to have your stomach removed was one of those things. It's like, can you do that? And, right. And he, he was doing well up until that new treatment that they were giving him, and um, it just sort of threw him for a loop unexpectedly when his wife Sharon Called us up and said, hey, just want to let you know Joe passed. Um, we were really blown away because I literally talked to him like two days before yeah. and he was fine. Me too. We were in. It was really strange. It was like, wait, what? So anyhow, uh, because this is the first real Boom Hank show that we're doing versus the cover band stuff that we're doing. Um, in honor of him, we're going to take all the proceeds that we're going to get and donate to Give a Shirt. And um, for those who don't know about Give a Shirt, started by Scott Marvel, and it helps the uh, Streetwise folks. They've been around for six years, really super beneficial during the COVID, uh, the initial COVID lockdown, because obviously there was nobody on the streets, but they've uh, garnered over $260,000 for them over the six years. And Joe was such a proponent for, People who are down and out, and we thought he would really love to give something to them. Even if he was playing with us, he'd probably want to do something like that. So we thought, you know, we talked to Sharon, his wife, and she's like, "That'd be amazing." So uh, that's what we're going to do in his honor,
0: in his memory. That's a great way to honor his memory. And and the the, the give-a-shirt. I mean, the designs. I mean, for people who are interested in supporting what they do. I mean, John Langford has contributed designs, and I think um, Tweety has as well. I mean, just. Like fantastic, really cool collectible type stuff, and like you said, I mean, it, it goes to support. It's a community that really could use a boost.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. So, we're really happy that um, Scott Marvel agreed to uh, taking on the uh, the the challenge, if, if if it is a challenge. But um, he's he was. I just I thought there might be some weirdness, like hey, we, instead of directly. Putting the money towards Streetwise, we just thought it would be great to provide whatever little focus we could on give a shirt, and he was really great about um, making that available
0: for us. I love that, and again, what a, what a thoughtful way. Yeah. To rem- because I'm sure, like you said, you all came up together. Like, you're supposed to be invincible. You're supposed to, you know. Yeah. To ride off into the sunset. And if together. you
1: knew Joe, you would think he was the most invincible. It's like the stories. Growing up with him, we're just like,
0: how did you get into and out of that? <laughs> right, right. Yeah, it's pretty incredible. All right, so we are, again, we're in Skokie. We're at Sketchbook Brewing Company. This is ground zero for what will be Pravda Fest at the end of June. Uh, I mean, we're out here in the middle of June. It is sunny. It is clear skies. Welcome to summer in the Midwest. And this is the time. For- As of last night, right? <laughs> yeah, right. But, I mean, this is the time to be outside, listen to live music, enjoy a, a cold... Pravda 38. It's almost which is, gone. Which is <laughs> unt- yeah. Delicious beer, by the way.
1: I've it loved is. Sketchbook. So delicious. But this is like, a, you know, it sounds trite, but it's a really amazing, really yeah. great beer. And it's and a
0: great summer beer. Yeah. I would say For it's a beer day. befitting of the Pravda legacy. I will go with that. So Agreed. again, PravdaFest, It is Boom Hank starting the whole damn thing. Boom Hank, Hush Drop, Steve Dawson, Josh Cater, a trio. Saturday, the handcuffs, Diplomats of Solid Sound. There are like 30 members. I don't know if we have room for Diplomats of Solid Sound at PravdaFest. Actually, uh, uh, we might need a second stage for them. No, Not we, we. They. Yeah, we might, might need to knock down stage. a wall or two just <laughs> to accommodate uh, all the members. Uh, the service is back in service, and the slugs back in service as well. What? What a pretty exciting. What a lineup. It is the Pravda Fest, celebrating 38 years of Pravda Records, a venerable independent music institution. You guys, Boom Hank. Hey, James, before we go, I got a special gift for you. Because we've listened to your podcast for a
2: while now, and we've realized that we don't get enough gifts on the podcast. So there's a limited edition Boom Hank cassette from 1989. Shut up. No, still (laughs) shrink-wrapped. I want one. (laughs) I love it. I found four. I'm I'm the resident sort of Boom Hank archivist slash oh I love historian, this. so I I dug that up for you.
0: I'm gonna play this. It's funny over <laughs> the, especially um, heading into and during uh, lockdown, I have re-embraced physical media like yeah like I hadn't in decades. Same here. Like in, I wired up a cassette deck for the first time since the 20th century. <laughs> So, I mean, I'm I'm going to, I mean, I, I hate to crack open a collector's item and bust open the shrink wrap, but I'm going to play this when I get home. Awesome. Because I can now. I Good mean, for you. There's something to be said for physical media. You know, the tactile thing is really
1: what's missing for me. You know, obviously, kids growing up nowadays, they're not really used to the idea of CDs, let alone yeah. LPs. But um, I really love the LP, and I've been buying LPs like crazy through it's a the sickness. pandemic. It's a sickness.
0: <laughs> It, it's gotten pretty bad for me it's like, you, you yeah you should come over to my house it's it's pretty sick you should come over to my house we should hang out <laughs> it's a date some mahoney <laughs> all right well this is exciting i've got a cassette cool this is this is awesome all right boom hank at sketchbook prob fest coming soon thank you for watching thank you for listening thank you happy to meet you for sponsoring carcone Carney this week use my promo code jvo for 10 percent off